I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome on Back to Oops Podcast. We are excited to talk with you. I'm joined as ever by Julio Gallarati, my dear friend and co-host. Good we, afternoon, Julio. We are Francis and Julio. We are Frulio. We are Jancis. <laughs> Jalancis. Jancis. Uh, it's nice to be back with you guys every week. And, Good to uh, be with you. Lots to unpack on this episode of Oops! The Podcast. Big time. Let's, um, let's start with this. I have, I have something I want to share with you. Great. So, uh, a few months ago, my girlfriend, we were going in somewhere. I think it was like a hardware store or something. And we had the dog. We had Kojai. And as we walked in, the person behind the counter said, is that a uh, service dog? And my girlfriend goes, emotional support. And they said, fine, come on in. And we walked around and picked out some screws. And as on the way out, I gave her a hard time. I said, you know, you, we shouldn't be dishonest about that. Um, I don't feel that great about lying and saying that the dog is um, an emotional support dog just to get special treatment, even though I think a lot of people do do that. I know a lot of people do that. So then last night, I was walking Kojai with my friend, and we went into, we decided to stop at a restaurant to get a drink, and they had outdoor seating. So I just assumed we could just bring the dog and sit outside. And as we got to the podium, the woman said, is that a support dog? Or is that a, is that a you know, service dog? And I immediately said, it's emotional support. <laughs> and they were like, okay, no problem. And they let us in. And we sat there and I felt like the biggest hypocrite in the world for having chastised my girlfriend for using the very same thing. When I got home... I told my girlfriend this whole story and she goes, you know, you really should get your therapist to certify Kojai as an emotional support dog. And I said, well, that's ridiculous. I mean, now we're talking about using my shrink to give us this privilege of bringing the dog into restaurants and stuff. She goes, well, in truth, it's a lot more fun to be around you, Francis, when you're with the dog. Dude, I was literally going to say this. I was waiting for you to be done, and I was going to say the same thing. I am objectively a better person when the dog is there to impact my mood. I hope this is your aha moment. He is an emotional support dog. I don't even, I didn't even, it didn't occur to me until, you know, I'm thinking about, <laughs> when I think of Koji, I, I instantly get happier. And I realized that when I'm around him, I don't get angry with people. I don't want him to see that. I don't want him to see me flipping out at people or being sullen. He feeds off my moods. He and I is wanna, your emotional support. Dog. I want to give him the good stuff. So <laughs> I think that if I presented this to my therapist, she actually would be like, absolutely, I agree. And I wonder if that sort of thing is the equivalent to getting a, uh, a doctor 
back in the day to get you a uh, a medical marijuana card for back right. pain. It's right. a little bit like that. Yeah, it's a little bit like that. But dude, I would argue that it's much less of a stretch. Like mm. it's the equivalent to me of like getting marijuana for your depression. Mm-hmm. Like if that somehow makes you not depressed, you know what I mean? Like right. literally Kojai makes you happy. But wouldn't wouldn't every dog owner say that their yes. dog boosts their mood and makes them emotionally better? But I got to say, and don't take this the wrong way. Yeah, no. But it seems to be more of an acute difference for you. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> the average dog owner. First of all, I don't take anything the wrong way. There's just <laughs> the way with me. Like if someone says something negative to me, I, I agree. That's not bad or good. It's I think that that can be taken the wrong way. That Fair can enough. be taken as me being like, you have... You're like a grouch or something. I don't think that. About I'm you. a little bit of a grouch sometimes. I don't think. That. Boy, Julio. I'll... I don't bear the brunt of that from you. No, no. I see you typically when you're in a good mood. I try to put on my best face for you, for you lads. <laughs> Thank you. Now, speaking of being a grouch, I have had a rough week. Oh, yeah? Just strung together three days of not being happy. Mm. Where you put your head down at night and you say, man. Life beat the shit out of me today. I f- I have been feeling the same way. And you wake so it's up comforting ne- to hear this. You wake up the next morning and you say, "Today's a new day. Here we go. Get out of bed. Do everything right. You have your coffee. Take the dog for a walk. You say we're shedding yesterday. That's behind us. <laughs> you sit down, and then things start piling up, and one pitch after another beans you in the mm. elbow." Dude, it's funny. I was thinking about this. It's very poetic. Like you're taking the dog for a walk and as he shakes his coat and the fur falls off, you're like, that's right. We are shedding yesterday. Yeah. But then no. No. Then you're still fucked. Next thing you know, one of the follicles of his hair lands on the windshield of a car, which veers into you. <laughs> you jump out of the way and bang your toe against a fire hydrant. The 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 number of toe stubs and finger cuts Little things like that that seem to happen on the days where it's not going your way. <laughs> you know, I'm not talking about major injuries, but just little hurts that that happen little on the hurts. bad days. The, there's the big hurt, Frank Thomas, and the little hurt, Francis' <laughs> toes. Those that happen, right, dude? It adds up, and it's the thing that I noticed this week. It was like such a bad few days where, like, when I would wake up in the morning. It wouldn't even be like, okay, there's a reset. I just woke up and it was a continuation of the bath. Oh, you can't let that happen. Though. That's a tough one. You can't let that happen. It doesn't happen to me often, man. No, nor, nor it is a bad it, week. Tough week. It, is, it is a bad week. But I will say that every day I tried to say we're starting fresh. Yeah. But you get to the third day and you think, um, wow, we're in a holding pattern here. We're in a, we're in the, we're just, this is. This is not a good cycle, and it's starting to pile up. And it's very hard to say, you know, to sing the Tomorrow song from Annie. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I love ya. Tomorrow, you're only a day away. Yeah, it's hard to sing that song when tomorrow has sucked every day. It's true. It's true. Then you think about her life, and you're like, okay. Yeah. It's a little... Makes me feel a little I mean, better. A little orphanage. Was it really that bad? The I, ultimate fictional song, early sugar sugar curl. That's true. Get picked up by Daddy Warbucks. 
granted there was no that was just a, an adoption it was not a dating app type thing <laughs> and then you know ado- inherited this vast kingdom of wealth from an orphanage <laughs> it's pretty good i don't know if that was such a shitty life <laughs> stupid well dude the this week i've been having a tough week as well tell me about your uh what's ailing you friend so first of all my teeth like my final filling that i got just wasn't done properly and mm. now my tooth hurts and so i have to go back boy tooth pain there you go there's tooth another pains, one there's a there's a little hurt what a it's as bad as taxes and to, and my toe so my big toe <laughs> and my fucking tooth so i went to both of those today whatever but that's like besides the biggest of my issues so I so we both have COVID vaccines. Yes, I saw you just posted. Got my that. second I just got dose. Mine too. Yeah. Um. So I've and I got mine. You know, a little while ago. So it's been over the two weeks now. But I've been sick all week. Like I've had this like <laughs> coughing up crap. Like I've been feeling terrible. And everyone's been telling me that it's allergies. They're like mm-hmm. it's allergies. The doctor said it's allergies. My girlfriend said it's allergies. Dude, I've had allergies. This is not allergies. Like I'm being gaslit into believing that I have these allergies. I'm like, mm-hmm. what fucking allergies are you talking about? You know what I mean? I hear you. I and, hear you. And I could be like, now that I just moved into a new place and like they were supposed to have it professionally clean when they left, they like didn't. They never do. And so we kind of cleaned up and now we had the cleaning lady come, whatever. I'm hoping that changes it. Maybe it's the kind of stretch, stress of the transition. I'm not sure what's been going on, but I've been like out of commission all week and just not quite out of commission enough that I don't feel completely guilty. And, and also uh, like compacting with the fact that life is sort of back now like comedy's back Mm -hmm. so i'm like hitting the ground running feeling like shit and immediately feel behind everybody oh that's so sad don't do that it's just a stupid feeling don't feel that way we're funnier than a lot of people than a lot of our colleagues i hope so you know i i went and did stand up last night i did it last week once and then i did it last night too last week i didn't feel great i said boy that might be the last time i ever perform last night I, i arrived at the comedy club and i said you know, I feel good today. I feel like I'm going to really do well with this. You texted me that too, which I, I said to you to and you were like famous last words. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Julio. Way to puncture my bubble of optimism. Dude, um, no, I, all right. For the record, I very quickly became supportive after that one line. You did. You're always, you're always tremendously supportive, but I, I, I did, I did have a really good set and uh, it was exciting and you just, it was fun. It was fun. Um, it's great. I have a new, I have a new hero fantasy. Oh, let's hear it. So, do you remember how we talked about many, many moons ago? My fantasy of being on the second or third tier of a balcony overlooking a food court in a mall somewhere in Middle America. Yes. When I spot a man in paintball gear walk in with some kind of a weapon through the sliding doors people aren't taking much note and he's right below me and he's about to open fire on the mall and then i flying squirrel off the balcony <laughs> land on him sprain my wrist but uh take him out of commission and i'm the hero and right? he braces your fall that's right choreographed. just crumbles underneath me telescopes his spine torn acls he's a mess <laughs> I have some injuries, but nothing that would really prevent me from pelotoning and staying, you know, happy uh, over the course of my recovery. But enough to look good in the, you know, when I received the Presidential Medal of Freedom, stuff like that. <laughs> Whatever, I have it worked out. That was that was that was yesterday's 
hero fantasy, the new hero fantasy, because you got to keep your hero fantasies up to date. My new hero fantasy is that I will be walking down the street of New York when I spot someone start attacking an elderly Asian woman. Oh, boy. Have you been following these Yes, unfortunately, attacks? it's been pretty, pretty sad. Yeah, and the major problem that everyone has, well, not the major problem, but one of the big problems is that nobody ever seems to stand up to these people. Mm-hmm. You know, they, the, 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 there was the video of the doorman on the Upper East Side just closing the door and letting that guy beat that poor elderly woman up. Jesus. And they were like, not our problem. This is just, that's the craziness out there. Mm-hmm. Now, I... I, I, on the other hand, I come upon this scene and uh, I tackle the guy. And everyone's like, oh my God, look at the, where'd that guy come from w- wearing a football helmet? You know, because I'm, I'm, I'm wearing a football helmet just in case I get into a fight. By the way, fighting with a football helmet on, you're in a much better position. That's really true. You're not going to take the blows the same way. In fact, him punching you hurts him. <laughs> Yeah, but okay, but I'm going to lean in with my football helmet to the punches, and he's going to crack his knuckles. So I beat this guy up, and with each blow, by the way, it happens somewhere that is like an influencer, heavily trafficked area, whether it's the Wall of Wings in Nashville, or the street in Dumbo that's framed by the Manhattan Bridge and the Empire State Building, where at any given time, there's about 40 or 50 people Gets on tanks, good news. Yeah, there's so many people with followings and their phones out filming from different angles as I, wearing my football helmet, beat the shit out of this anti-Asian man. And um, everyone, I become the hero. That's that's my story. And with each blow, maybe I, I, I sort of add some kind of punctuation. Like I punch him in the face and I'm like, and this is for the trans community. And this is for Black Lives Matter. You know, I'm just adding... Proving my that my alliance is widespread. Mm-hmm. And then, dude, I'm just wondering where the football helmet came from. <laughs> well, did you just think of that, or was I this think in the that, original? I fantasy? think that it, you know, if and by the way, I don't really have a football helmet, but I could wear my lacrosse helmet. Same deal. Well, this is a hypothetical situation, anyway. Look, so the thing you is, can is whatever, that you can I, have wings if you want. I don't want to get punched in the face. You know, you you have one nose reconstruction surgery you don't want to have another mm. um and You're just drowning in your own blood yeah it's a miserable experience so i think that if i'm wearing a helmet i'll feel a lot more comfortable standing up to this bully <laughs> okay. but this is the cause celebre as they say right the cause of the day which is like mm-hmm. you know and if i could be the face of stopping and standing up to uh asian hate as we've seen on instagram and trending stories and whatnot i think that would go a long way for for my career i could well dude this is the one baffling thing about this you're willing to jump off the third floor of a mini mall onto a guy with a weapon without a football helmet yet the guy assaulting an old woman you need a football helmet for that what the fuck's going Here's on? Here's my man? thought. Why, why did you get softer as the hero fantasies have gone yeah. on you've just saved so many people now you have scars this is like Die Hard Three. I think thirty you, years later. I think as you get older, you start to realize <laughs> that you don't have you. You can't be as irresponsible in how you save the world. You can't regenerate. As you can't. Quickly. You have to be more careful, you know, with your body and and um, 
you know, if I'm going to put myself in harm's way, I might as well control what I can control. And for me, that's wearing a lacrosse helmet. <laughs> totally fair. And dude. by the way, if I revisit the active shooter hero fantasy, this time in my mind, not only am I wearing a helmet, I'm wearing a, one of those wingsuits <laughs> that those Red Bull guys wear. <sighs> those are crazy. Yeah. Um, that's kind of my thought. Dude, I like it, man. I, yeah. You know, I, I, it's good that you're, even though there's some like, you know, self-serving kind of angle to it. Oh, at the end of the day, you're, you're doing good for the community and I'm here for that. It's all self-serving. You but know? that's, you know, my career needs a boost right now. Friend man. Mm. Fucking superhero. <laughs> Friend man. It's Friend man. Here he in is. In the wingsuit. Oh, he's around with his helmet. <laughs> Boy, does he protect his skull. Hey, G, what do you got there? That looks like a funky thing. Dude, this is a multi-purpose ass plate slash shot glass tell me more well if you can see here this is sort of like a life-size torso uh with a hole in the back from our pals over at don't have ass anything they are our pals this is a serving plate slash shot glass you would have to double hand this which is fitting because since you're not half-assing anything if you don't hold it with two hands it will literally fall that's right um but you can take shots you can turn it into a nice serving plate with some chips and guacamole and uh, just another one of the interesting novelty items um, and things going on over at Don't Have Ass Anything. Yeah, they are the best. This is the perfect kind of summation in a way of their of their brand. They don't take themselves too seriously, but at the same time, they are all about grabbing life by the horns and not half-assing anything. If there's if you're gonna do something, you might as well full ass the shit out of it. And, <laughs> and they're as, about to. Sorry, go ahead. Well. These things, right, I think this is important to note. You you put your guacamole in this thing. You plug the butt, and then you got your chips in that back arch, which is, I mean, you, you, you present this at a party. People are having a laugh, and it takes the fun from a 9 to a 10. That's true. And this way, you don't have to do this to your girlfriend with your weird guacamole and chips fetish that you're going to do to her. <laughs> Shoving a guacamole receptacle up her butt. Just eat guac out of her b-hole and then eat the <laughs> chips off of her back arch. Um, um, dude, but they're about to climb Half Dome. They're yeah. going to document the whole thing. I'll be surprised to see if they bring one of these ass plates up with them on the uh, ascent. You would be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised, knowing our friends as well as I do. Check them out at don'thalfassanything.com. Also, go to their merch store where you will get 15% off any of the things they have there, their performance wear, as well as these awesome ass plates. Get one yourself. Don'thalfassanything.com. Promo code OOPS15, 15% off. And check out their Instagram as well at don'thalfassanything. Thanks. Speaking of mortality, let's take a second, uh, pour some out for our fallen soldier, DMX. Oh gosh. That's a tough one, man. You know, that that's one of the first CDs that I ever bought. Yeah. It's Dark and Hell is Hot. Yeah, I remember that one. It came out in 1998. DMX had two number one albums that year. I believe he's one of the only artists, if not the only artist to ever do that. Mm. That may have that may have changed in the last couple of years or something, but I was a big fan and it's sad to see him go after his sort of kind of tragic demise over the past X amount of years. So, RIP DMX. Yeah, RIP DMX. Um, I like. I mean, boy, I'll tell you. When I was in seventh grade, and uh, party anthem, party up in here. Yeah, y'all gonna make, make me lose my mind. mind up in here, up in here. <laughs> we the kids would sing that with full throat. Dude, remember in the in the edited version that they play like the middle school dance? You go, 
uh, suck my woo. Yeah. Oh, there were a lot of woos. <laughs> woo. A lot of woos. Those in, in that time, they actually more regularly were making song like versions of the song for the radio. Uh huh. They actually had like different lyrics. I remember, like all remember, back in '98. Yeah, I accidentally bought the Marshall Mather Mathers LP edited version from Walmart. Oh yeah, that's you hate to see it. I would say fifty percent of the album was missing. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good album. It is a good album. Um, um, dude, okay. interesting. Uh, the plot thickens kind of situation. Yeah, turns out, and I've talked about stories for about this ex girlfriend of mine many times on the pod. Okay. Most most recently, the story about sort of. We were trying to work it out, and I found her outside, sort of like crying to another guy. That girl, yeah. Told me she didn't love me anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, we have buried the hatchet. Uh, am I saying that right? Is it buried the hatchet? You know, you are. And what's amazing to me is that that was the one you weren't sure about, <laughs> because one? you have you have confused a few aphorisms before. I'm sure. I don't correct you, but but you've said those other ones with full certainty, and that one you definitely got right. And I'm surprised that you weren't sure. Okay. Well, it's good that I got it right. It's good that I got it right. <laughs> you say, I got one for you. You okay. say, run the gambit. Um, what, it's, it's gamut? Gamut. So that one, I'm not, I have no problem with that. Like that, in my opinion, isn't me being stupid. No. Like that's sort of like colloquially how people I'm say I'm not it. saying, I'm Julio. <laughs> Julio. I'm, I'm not saying that you're being stupid. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not I think defensive. most people get that wrong. Yeah, I really do. What the hell is a gamut? Right. Totally. Nobody here. No, it's, that's an old, old word. I do not know what a gamut is. I think a lot of people learn these things wrong. But that you know, the the other one. Uh, uh, do you know a lot? I, for a long time, I used to think it was a bold faced lie. Oh, I think that's what I thought it was too. It's bald. Bald faced lie. You're a bald faced liar. Interesting. As in someone, you know, without hair. Interesting. Bald faced. Chris has a list of things that people say wrong. That's a good thing to find. I think we should post that on our Instagram story. That is good, actually. <laughs> Keep going. I didn't okay. mean to interrupt no, it's you. Okay. It's okay. No, don't. All right. But this is Francis giving me a shoulder pat. Don't feel bad, dude. I don't feel bad. I don't feel I'm not offended, don't worry. No, you um, were right. Bury the hatchet is Bury correct. the hatchet. Yep. Um she lives in your building, dude. No. Yes. She lives in your building. Wait. Are you joking? No. Me? She saw you walking your dog the other day and texted me. And then it turns out she lives in your building. What the fridge? How fucked up is that? Shut the fridge door. <laughs> Are you joking me? Shut the fridge door. What? How, what? So you knew her in college? No, dude. She's my high school sweetheart. Even farther back. But like the end of high school. Like I met her. I met her senior year. We started dating at the end of senior year, and then my entire first year of college we dated. And then she was still in high school. And then when I was a sophomore, she was a freshman. She came to my school. That's it. To be with me. I'm trying to trace the line from when you two dated to how she got here because that is. Uh, it's too coincidental to wrap my head around. Yeah, it's crazy. So it, she'd have a she have a husband or something. Husband now? and a kid. Her kid's cute. She sends me pictures all the time. Is she blonde? She might be. I haven't seen her in a while. Um, but she, I'm trying she, to think about which woman this. She is. would do. I could see her going blonde. Like, does I she live in our? Does she listen to our podcast? No, I don't think so. She like catches the clips here and there. Um, okay. 
I mean, you know, whatever. I think it's fair game. The stuff that we well, talk about. Well, you know what? Listen, I think I think it's better that I don't know who she is because if I did and I saw her, you I would tell. I would her? read her the riot act. <laughs> I would say, you know, you shouldn't have done what you did to my friend Julio all those years ago. You missed out. So, dude, hang, bear with me for a second. So, when we were younger, she would always joke that she would be the breadwinner of the family. Like if if her and I got married, you always pretend you're going to marry the first girl you date. Yeah, you name all your kids. You like don't realize how complicated life's going to be, and that there's no chance that you're going to survive those kind of pivotal <laughs> transition points. If you make it through to college, if you make it through college, if you make it through when you start working, like you must be God fearing people. That is exactly right. You know, yes. otherwise, like how do you do you're that? Bound through the sacrament of your church services. Yeah, exactly. So, dude, so listen to this. So she ended up becoming an employee of a very big company. I'm not going to like air her shit out too much. Google. But, something on par with that sounds like it is Google. and recently they kind of went public over the last couple of years Not and Google. she had equity and she now has a fuck ton of money damn it and we used to joke she'd be like don't worry i'm gonna like pay you someday like i'm gonna do you're, you're you're gonna be all set no matter what i promise she goes if i get rich i'll give you a million dollars i promise so i would just like to say now's the time the time has come to pay the piper yeah pay the piper did i say that one right you pay did the piper. yes pay the pay the piper yep that's... two for two today baby <laughs> the time has come to pay the piper cough it up at least for reparations for some of these stories on the pod yeah. um but at the very least just stick to your word you know be a gal your word cough it up yeah guys if you're thinking about starting a podcast fill in the blanks here if i were in a concert right now and i said if you're thinking about starting a podcast i'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell anchor anchor and then you'd say go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast see all the best analytics you could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony it's a way that any person can look at it and be like "Ooh, that's pretty and also it's our podcast and you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize so you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, Anchor.fm, download it now. Speaking oh. of which, dude, another friend of mine, I, I met up with him yesterday. He started a hedge fund, and it's crushing now. Like He yeah. started a year or so ago. I knew he would do well. I imagine. I know going to Harvard, I imagine you know plenty of guys like this. But yesterday, I was saying to him, I'm like, listen, man, I think that you should give me an equity stake in the company for being one of your old pals. I like visited him where he lives and no one else on our, on our, uh, in our group of friends ever did that. I was the only one to visit him. I'm like, I'm a sincere friend of you. You should give me equity in your company. Were you being serious? Yes. Like, no, but yes. Uh huh. And he goes, why dude? And I was like, cause it would be funny, dude. <laughs> Wouldn't that be so funny? Like, oh my God. Like, oh my 1% of the company to Julio. That's hilarious. <laughs> but anyway, so he said to me, he goes, well, listen, man, maybe if you gave me a shout out on the pod, I would consider it. So here's me, Tim, giving you a shout out on the pod. Hook your boy up. Cough up the cash. Hang on a second. <laughs> Tim, I'm so proud of you. Everything you've done is, we all believed in you. My man, Tim. What the fuck? What? What are we just giving away? What does this mean? Do we get some? Do you give us a tax deductible charitable donation or something? We can, you know you can gift up to $15,000 to somebody before it has to be taxed in a given year. Yeah. I have my eyes set on a bigger amount than that, but that's good to know. Well, then you're going to run into tax complications. And that's fine. If it's a big enough number, I don't mind having to pay. 
fine. The tax burden. You don't mind having to pay taxes on the gift you get. Dude, it is this is a great concept though. This is a this is a great concept, a little morsel that we've stumbled upon here, which is when you watch your friends succeed and make orders of magnitude more money than you do or, or ever will. Or ever will. It it is there is a feeling at times uh of that you might be entitled to some of it somehow. <laughs> which is when you think about it, crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. We didn't do anything. You look at what George Clooney, that's the best example, right? Oh the, man. George Clooney, the Casamigo sale. Famously, everyone knew that he took duffel bags of cash to like eight or nine friends upon the sale of Casamigos and gave each one of them a million dollars in cash um, for letting him crash on their couches when he was a struggling actor. Amazing. And that's all it took. You know, like I, I the problem for me is I look back on all the people who have slept on my couch and none of them. <laughs> are going to be selling tequila companies anytime soon. There's a reason they were sleeping on my couch. You know, it wasn't like uh, I'm trying to get this idea off the ground. It's like, I have nowhere else to stay. I have nothing going for me. Yeah. So we, we, you know, I now have friends who have made a ton of money and who eventually someday will make more. And the way that I find that this manifests for me is if we go out to dinner or a, a nightclub night or, you know, they were gambling or something and we kind of go in on a big bet together and I take like a very small piece and they have a huge position mm -hmm. on it. And if it loses or something, you can't help but wonder like, come on, dude. My loss means nothing to you compared to the amount of money you're either making or losing. Right. Can you just write this one off or right. like this dinner? Come on, tr treat us, right? <laughs> but do you, do people ever really get to that point? Well, like what justifies a friend actually being the guy who should, you know, reasonably should be picking up the tab for everyone? So I think it, it gets to a point where it must be kind of, they say it's lonely at the top. I think this is sort of alludes to that in the sense that like, if you're just taking care of everybody you know, you don't have friends anymore. You just have children. You just have a son now. Fine, but let's presume that the people you're having that dinner with have been friends of yours for 15, 20 years. Right. I and think it's not a big deal to pick up the dinner, but I think it gets weird when all your friends are like, hey, man, I've been meaning to talk to you, trying to get this thing off the ground. Even if It's different if you're trying to get a thing off the ground. If you're like, I'm a little late on my mortgage. Like if it becomes all of your friends are doing that, like well, that sucks. Then you're asking for a loan for, I'm talking about these little exchanges, right? Okay. okay. Where picking up the bill. Yeah. Okay. For example, you know, having to Venmo a, a friend of mine that I know makes enough money that the Venmo, it's almost not even worth his time to like transfer the Venmo to his bank. Right. Um, and I think I think that what should happen there, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that you should go into that dinner not expecting anything. So, I never do. Of course not. But then when he, and then if he picks it up, good. He should. He fucking is rich. But if you go into that like expecting him to pick it up and then the bill comes and everyone's kind of like kind of holding their breath, getting ready to. Ah, oh, you're the thank you, man. You know, that's weird. That becomes a weird dynamic. Y yeah. 
but dude, I think where we differ, right? You said he should, he's rich. For me, the principle doesn't change. And in a way, I expect to contribute to that dinner as a as a nod to our friendship. Mm-hmm. That he will to prove to him, that like we're that. still on equal footing as friends. Right. That the money has not created a hierarchy of, of power at the table it's important dude and i think that the day he starts paying for everyone is the day where we're, we're all now a posse to him yeah exactly and you, you don't want to be possified no being possified sucks and dude i have friends who you know friends of ours in the business who have done really well say they've, they've made a bunch of money whatever whatever and say that friend wants to uber meet his house that's kind of far away i will never accept like once you start getting, because you become possified. You become possified. And then you're like not on even footing, like you said, and it becomes this weird relationship. It's it's tough though, because I'm at a point now where, you know, some of my friends will, will put together an event or a dinner and I can't attend because I just simply can't afford it. It's like a charity thing. But I don't want to play type of thing, whatever. No, it's like, it's like, you know, this Saturday, a couple guys said, let's go to a, let's go do like PhDs sunset at the dream party, Mm. which is really fun. It's like the, 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 you go lava brunch, then you go PhD sunset. And then if you're still, you know, coked out of your mind, you go out (laughs) to another nightclub at night. But that's the, the, that party at PhD is from like four o'clock until seven or eight. It's a great time on a Saturday to party. Those are great hours to be partying. You're just blowing up in this nightclub while the sun sets and you're, you know, it's really cool. But it's tables. So it's right. gonna be five hundred person for per person. Yeah. You bring a, a date, you're you know, you're getting up into like seven hundred, eight hundred mm-hmm. bucks or whatever. And I simply can't I can't afford that right now. Mm-hmm. So and especially like the fact that, and that is a great, I've been to that party too. It's great. Um, but like you said, it's like a transitional yeah. and it can be the like main event, but assuming you're doing other things that weekend, throwing a thousand dollars down from four to 8 PM. Yeah. It's a big ask. It's a big ask. And so I just simply say, I, I can't make it. And so I don't even want to give feel them- bad. Yes. Yeah. And it's funny. This is such a testament up to like how things affect people. So like, you might be doing, in the scheme of things, you might be doing really well, right? And yeah. I would argue that you are. But compared to your like closest group of friends, they all make so much more money than you, let's say, it's sounding like, mm-hmm. that you can still feel bad. Yeah. And, that, and that's what it comes down to. You know what I mean? It's like the people who are in your immediate world, how you stack up compared to them can affect you yeah. in a way that is reasonable. And I'm sorry, dude. That must be, I've, I know what that feels like, and it's not a good feeling. No, it's not good. And I don't even want to tell them that I can't come because I can't spend the money because right. then it's possible that they would say, well, we want you there. We'll cover it. Right. And then I'm just the freeloader. Then you're the freeloader. Then I'm possified. Then you're possified. Absolutely. Um, hmm. It's tough, man. Francis, the weather has been a little bit confusing this morning. When we walked out the door, it was like 50 degrees. It went up to 60 degrees by the end of the day. Fortunately for me, I was wearing my bird dog's pants, so I was able to easily acclimate to the weather changes. You know, you are a forward-thinking man. (laughs) I love the way that you're able to adapt to any climate, any place on Earth. Well, dude, running around the city, running to the dentist, then running to the fucking podiatrist, 
And coming all the way down here in Brooklyn, I was all over the city. The weather was changing. I was sweating, but I felt nice and cool with my inner silk lining and my Burdocks pants. That's right. They have built-in underwear, which is just the cream on top of the sundae of these (laughs) incredibly comfortable, nice-looking pants. Of course, they also have uh, wonderful shorts that have the liners built in as well. It's an all-purpose thing. You only have to put on one thing. They're great. On your legs. They're a great gift. They feel good to wear. Grab a pair for a loved one or for yourself. I think you'll be very happy. And uh, use promo code OOPSHATS, one word, and you will get this sick dad hat, camo hat from Bird Dogs with your first purchase. That is OOPSHATS. Go to birddogs.com right now and get some Bird Dogs. Well, dude, this, this reminded me of sort of my new situation. So now... I got the apartment, right? I'm living yeah. in an apartment, living with my GF, making the t- transitioning. It's been odd and different. Um, the situation that I was in before, I was a freeloader, dude. I was a glorified freeloader, and this is a kind of a good story if you want to hear about it. I would say I would call I would say more of a lodger than a freeloader. Yeah, yeah, I guess a lodger, but a lodger, it's kind of ambiguous. Like it's unclear. If you I'm were like a known stowaway. Kind of. You yeah. were like the stowaway where everyone actually knew that you were on board. And it was fine at first, but I started to, it started to make me feel bad. Like I, I started to feel this constant pressure to kind of carry my weight in the exchange. What am I giving back to the situation? Mm-hmm. So long story short, this is what happened. When I was in college, I used to teach tennis in the Hamptons. You know this. I've talked about this before. I became friendly with a, with a particular family. And after those summers in the Hamptons were done. I sort of reconnected with one of the kids who was like getting up in his teenage years. I was like 22 or something in the city. We sort of were on the same ground, same level maturity wise. Like you've said, you know how these New York city kids grow up early. Like we were kind of doing the same things. Like I was going out to the places he was going out to Mm -hmm. whatever. So we kind of reconnected. I ended up leaving my job and he was like, dude, I'll, he's like, I have a super sick hookup for you. He goes, why don't you just come out to the Hamptons for the summer and like be our sort of like live in tennis coach. He's like, I'll hook it up. I trust me. I got you set this whole thing up with his parents. I go do that. Great. Have a great summer. Really tight with the family afterwards. So after that, I no longer teach them tennis ever again. I go to live in Brooklyn for like five years in a family owned building. My uncle owned bottom floor, top floor. It was like a two family house. I lived on the top floor. Italians. They don't like they were paranoid. They didn't want to rent it out to anybody. So I got to live there. Great. He ends up selling the building. I have nowhere to go. Um, and I'm figuring it out. Things are like tough. Like I had kind of experienced one of the valleys of my career where like I got, I started off with a lot of success. I got this prank show. I got a couple of big commercials. And then a couple of years later, like I had nothing going on and it was like tough. Um, so I'm talking to these people who I had taught tennis to and telling them kind and of, five years had elapsed since your summer in the Hamptons with them. Yes. I had spent a lot of, I started spending a lot of time with them okay. at, at their house and stuff. And there was times where when I went to Jordan, for example, uh, their kid was there studying. He was in high school. And they're like, yo, they're like, if you want to go to Jordan for a while, he's like kind of lonely. We'll pay for everything. Okay. Wow. So yeah. we, that kind of stuff had happened, had happened now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they like trusted me, whatever. And I'm sitting with the father and he's like, why don't you just live here? He's like, you know, we like having you around, whatever, just come live here with us. And I was like, okay. And then I just went and lived there for a few years mm-hmm. like i think mm-hmm. five years dude wow which is a long time yeah and at first it felt good and it felt like and of course it, it always felt good it was always fun but i started to feel guilty i started to just feel like 
like, what am I doing? They must judge me. They must like, you it's, know what I mean? I, yeah. And maybe they didn't, maybe, I don't know. But it feels nice to like get to, to now be like independent. It's a trade-off. It's a trade-off. You feel independent. You feel as though you are forging your own path. Mm -hmm. But you also have to pay rent every month. Which is, you know, I, listen, I, I would never sit here and complain about that. I completely... It's it would be ridiculous, um, but it's definitely you know it's a change. Welcome to the world that everybody else listening is in. I understand that I'm, I don't want to sound like ridiculous, but yeah, it's like it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's and it's it, it feels good, um, but it's a change and like I'm I'm kind of getting used to it. Right. <laughs> well, it's it's a fascinating. Um, I guess it's a fascinating. Uh, story and it's one that i've you know you've heard a f i did i did something similar i lived with a family for a year one year in brooklyn when i was between apartments that i was family i was tutoring and i became very close to and to this day i'm very close to yeah. the family and it's nice to have those relationships i feel like i'll be close with this family hopefully forever totally totally they're, um, they're very nice people that's great now my question is is there any part of you who that when you were, were living with them and you felt that insecurity of, man, I'm not pulling my weight, I'm not contributing, I'm, I'm freeloading, whatever. They must I'm, think I'm a loser. People yeah, think all I'm a, that. People must think I'm a loser. I felt that way. Was there any part of you that after you moved out, subconsciously wanted the family to just fall apart? <laughs> no, like no. totally crumble into you know screaming and just come apart at the seams proving that you had the been the glue was that kept everybody together <laughs> was there was there any part of you that wondered well dude i think that i've been a very po i like to think that i've been a positive influence on their kids i hope they're my good friends they're all in their 20s you know what i mean like uh -huh. that sort of like we're, we're peers now, you know what I mean? In yeah. a way. And, um, if there's three of them. They're all great. Um, no, of course not, but it's mm -hmm. a funny point. Like the idea that I was valuable is important to me in feeling like I kind of was offering something up to the situation. Right. And the thing that's funny is that their house is so sick house yeah, in the city. All this create all this like insane stuff in it, dude. I, I tutored families, man. Like pool, that pool in the house, uh, well, like yeah, basketball court in the house, kind of a different level. Crazy. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to. We're not. I'm not trying to like. No, I get one it. You just you. took it's, your it's, dick out and no, flopped dude. it on my shoulder, and I was like, oh, you win. No, it's the same, but it's the same thing. It's the same yeah. world. Yeah, you know what I mean, this like uptown private school money mm -hmm. Illuminati type bullshit. Um, but dude, um, so you know, on the surface, people. If they would hear that I was stressed about it or whatever, people wouldn't really understand you don't it, get it. Unless you understand it. I think you I sure are do. sort of like uniquely positioned to. I know you had said that your sister yeah. kind of had a situation where house she, oh, she was house sitting for a and, decade. Right. And it's wonderful, but of course, there are, of course, uh, drawbacks. She like, never wanted to have people over. Exactly. As there are to anything. And yeah. I kind of felt the same way. And I kind of felt like I didn't want to, I, I would never assume that i could just like bring my girlfriend over whenever i wanted and kind yeah. of there had to be the right timing and then like you said i would have to kind of make excuses about that and work around that so that it wasn't it didn't seem like i wasn't in control even though i'm sure it was kind of obvious to, to her right or girls in the past too or whatever um so yeah. it's just it's uh 
It's crazy. And I'm, I'm happy that I left on my own terms, man, because I yes. have been dreading. I would have a recurring nightmare that they sat me down and wanted me to leave. Ooh, that living under that is not fun. It's not. And, and, and there were certainly a couple moments where I was nervous, where like I did something wrong or I like, I don't want to say cross the line, but where I like got a little talking to or whatever. <laughs> like there were certainly those, those kind of moments. Yeah. Um, but dude, the kids always fucking held it down for me. I have a good, I have a good relationship with the parents. I speak to them on the phone, like whatever. These are my friends. And I feel like this will only potentially strengthen our friendship moving forward. Good. Um, yeah. And hopefully many, no, many I, years to come. I'm, I'm so glad that you, you know, that, that it's, it's tough to extricate yourself from such a tightly, connected you know setup yeah. i mean without without dislodging or upsetting people or you know when you live with the family for five years having not had any kind of uh world ending event in terms of your relationships with them is a testament to to you and to w there aren't that many people that can do that you know so dude and the other thing that's crazy like the their mom it's it's almost like I felt like I had new parents. Mm. Like I have my parents and then I had this new relationship with these new parents. Mm-hmm. And like I wanted their approval so badly. Yeah. I wanted them to like be proud of me. Mm-hmm. I wanted them to like love me. Dude, it was so, it started to become weird. I was like, fuck, like this is these are weird <laughs> feelings. I'd be like, I want to like see see like like look, I did good. I did a good job. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. And my parents are kind of like have a low bar of what would make them proud, which is nice. Like I always felt sort of like good enough for them. But these new parents, you know, these New York City parents, like they're kind of like have these high expectations. And like, I felt like a city kid who was trying to live up to his parents' rigid expectations of like getting into the best boarding school, getting into the best, like being enough for them to brag about to their fancy friends, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was weird. Well, I'm, I'm really happy that you are, you know, living with the hill dog. (laughs) Good old hillster. We talked a while ago. You asked me a bunch of questions when I first moved in with Sierra about, uh, you know, given that I paid a little bit more of the rent, did I feel like I had the final say Mm -hmm. on certain issues? And I'm going to throw that same question back at you. And maybe it's too early to tell, but I don't even know what your rent setup is. Maybe it's 50 50. Mm -hmm. But, um, are you finding that it's it has been a very harmonious and easy move-in process and sort of choosing what goes where and how to decorate and which pieces of furniture? Or do you feel walked up over? Mm-hmm. Or do you feel like you are asserting yourself and you have more of you know, the say? Okay. It's really, really good questions. Um, so. As far as furniture goes, I trust her much more than I trust myself. So she has been, she has made all those choices and I think she did a really good job. It looks good. Um, so I have no problem with that. Good. Um, so that's good. We are both very considerate of each other as well. So I think that we, it's not one of those situations where one person's really giving and the other person takes advantage of that. I think we try to both pull our weight as much as possible there's a lot of like new responsibilities that I'm not used to having because in the other place that I was in, I didn't have to think about it just as far as like getting little stuff for the house. And that's kind of new. And I'm, I'm trying to, it's a little overwhelming. I'm trying to keep track of everything. I want to be a good partner. The one place where I feel a little, um, I've had to like coach myself into being okay with 
is we sat down and we talked. She's like, okay, how much money do we want to spend on furniture? We discussed that number. And she then goes, okay, I want to like fully fucking furnish the apartment the way that I want to do it. And she's like, I'm a grown ass woman. I make money. And like, I want to furnish it the way that I want to. So I'm going to spend more than that. And I don't want this to be weird. She's like, I just want the apartment to look the way it's going to look. Oh, yeah, buddy. Oh. <laughs> so I said, okay, that's fine. And I think like as far as that money allocated towards decorating the house goes, she has definitely spent much more than me. Wow. Um, and I don't foresee that being a problem, but you never know. It could become a thing. Like it could become a contentious issue or in a fight that could be something that comes up. Who knows? I'm not, I, I don't want to sell her short. Like she, I think I don't foresee it being an issue, but I don't know if that's like unique. Like what is, how does that sound to you? No, I, I, I it's, it's a great, okay. So we've had similar stuff, mm-hmm. similar, similar conversations where I was like, look, I'm, I'm tapped out on spending on decorations or furniture. And then immediately Sierra will be like, all right, well, I'll get this. Right. And then I, and I'm like, no. Right, right. I, I say no. Right. I'm like, I'll split it with you, but I might need a little bit of time to come up with the money for it. Gotcha. Um, <coughs> because right now she's making a lot more money than I am. Yeah. She got promoted. She's killing it. And this has been a slightly dead period for me. Dude, I'm in the same boat. Fucking high five to bros with chicks who earn more yeah, than them. <laughs> I mean, it's great, but here's here's the here's the flip side to this. Have you considered, and I hate to even put this on the table, that if it doesn't work out, how the furniture and the assets would be split up in the event that you guys no longer could live together? Yeah. She'll keep more of the shit. <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna be able to keep track? Yeah. Well I dude it, What are you gonna take like one chair and she gets the four couches? No, she'll get dude, like the chairs are like fancy. She bought them, she'll get to keep those. Uh I bought the TV. I'm assuming I'm gonna get to keep that. So it's gonna be down the middle, this is what I bought, that's mine. It's it's just easier that way, but then it'll kind of maybe be one of those things where she's like, Okay, in my new place, I'm gonna have to do XYZ, so you take that. And then yeah. you take the coffee table, and but and, and that's have you fun. talked about this? Like jokingly, it's a gentle verbal prenup. Jokingly, <laughs> J- yes, that's a, what it yes, is—a gentle verbal prenup. You have a, a spoken agreement for for a doomsday scenario that is a a, a general. <laughs> and given that you're both reasonable people, I, I don't see it being a problem. Um, but man, I'll tell you, dude, I I, I have a friend in Maine who <laughs> told me that. He and his girlfriend have been living together for like two years and they like broke up and he got home from work the next day or something and she the bed was just gone. She's Jesus. just taken the bed in, in in the middle of the day and he didn't have a bed anymore. Dude, I, I like to think that I could check <laughs> the hostility at the door and be like, this is a person who I loved. I'm going to treat her with respect. And we're going to do this civilly no matter what. But everyone, everyone believes that. I don't know how much they really do. I don't, I, I've been through some pretty savage situations with girls. I really think that I can. Yeah, maybe you can. And I, my guess is that if, you know, your partner, whoever it was, really put their foot down and 
was willing to kind of go go to the mattresses against you, you would <laughs> acquiesce. You yeah, would you yeah. would kind of say okay. like this isn't worth it. Yep. Fuck it, take it. Um but dude, it's it's amazing. You know, you don't talk about nobody talks about preparing for a relationship to end and where assets will go before marriage. Right. Right? Everyone knows about a prenup and by the way, prenups are absolutely the right idea i didn't know what you were going to say but 100 yeah. percent. it doesn't matter even if you're even if you're you have less money than the other person they've become very common now in it's, our generation it's a nice thing to have in place it's like when you sign a partnership agreement just in case things go wrong Dude, we it, have this in place it avoids <laughs> the very nightmare scenario that you're talking about if for god's sake if 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 your relationship devolves and falls apart, you're already in a hole. You're already in a bad place. The last thing you want is to make the fight and the anxiety worse by having to hire lawyers or something to to figure out who Terrible. bought what and who gets what. Have that outlined. Just it, it should give you peace of mind. There's this there's this old you know mindset that somehow. By drafting a prenup, you're betting against the marriage. I think that's bullshit. It's not betting against the marriage. It's being careful about the uncertainty of life. Yeah. It's acknowledging that there's no way to predict everything, right? Obviously, if you have the if you have the balls to get down on a knee and propose, and she has the balls to accept that proposal, you are betting on a life together. But you should also, as modern people, where it's not like, yes, of course, that donkey came from her father, <laughs> and he had the, he gave us the wagon as part of her dowry. You know, it's not like we're not just drawing a line in the chicken coop and <laughs> ferreting out who got what. It's it's like you know who's ass who's how do you split a boat? Yeah, how do you split stocks? Totally, man. How do you do that? You know, so uh, it, it's a modern world, and and fortunately, I think a lot of millennials i was reading there was an article that said a lot of millennials have have opted for prenups especially with you know women uh contributing as 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 the, the pay cap lessens and women make more money and uh hopefully you know it's equal partnerships and whatnot you you everyone deserves a fair their fair breakdown totally. and that's that's kind of all it is it's just i think to me it's just being fair um and dude, I can see you. This is such an effective argument for this. I can just see you telling your son and his fucking girlfriend why you think they need a prenup, and then both walking out of that feeling completely confident. Your son Buster Ellis. <laughs> I I could see your son just having a nickname. Like that's not his actual name. We yeah. call him Buster. His real name's Andrew. We call him Buster. <laughs> Buster. Listen, Buster. <laughs> <laughs> and you think my son would be okay with it or not? Okay dude, with what it? you just said sounded so true like like not i i didn't say that i would well, i would highly recommend it and i would also say unfortunately that if you gently propose a prenup uh and the other side really balks at it that's not a good sign mm, i'd agree that's not a good sign the response should be yeah great you know i want to make sure that i'm protected as well Totally. Um, and I want. I'm gonna have like. I'm gonna look it over. I, I might hire a lawyer to have my my side look it over to make sure that my life is protected as well, in the event of whatever. 
And if instead they're like, how dare you? This really hurts my feelings. Clearly, this means you don't trust me. That's bullshit. Bullshit. You're just in the in the one percent chance that you know one of you fucking cheats with a substitute teacher or something, or the nanny, or whatever, or whoever. Yeah, then <laughs> then you're just basically saying like, let's make this as let's rip, let's create a situation where ripping the band aid is as seamless as possible. A little fucking lubrication for yeah. ripping that band aid off. I really think I really think prenups are a good thing, but to to the to our point. You don't have a prenup when you just move in with a girlfriend, right? You and you not. furnish a an apartment. And so I, 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 I know you too. I'm not worried about you too, but I would say keep your receipts in the drawer of your desk. <laughs> keep your IKEA receipts. Keep your, you know, your whatever your TV, your Sony, your Best Buy receipts, and just be like, hey, just remember, you know, you bought that, but I bought this, and. <laughs> Figure it out um, because that day could come. Yeah. Good stuff, bro. Well said. Um, Take well, us out of here, dude. That's Hoops the Podcast, everybody. Thank you for listening. Um, we love you all. Please email us your thoughts. DM us your thoughts. Uh, Oops the Podcast at gmail.com. At Oops the Podcast on Instagram. Um, I am at not Julio. Check out Pack Light, whatever other stuff I have going on on my Instagram. He's at Francis C.C. Ellis. Also has a lot of great stuff. Alternate Side Parking Thursdays, etc. Um, thank you guys very much.